I'm Willow Belden, and you're listening to Out There, the podcast that explores big questions through intimate stories outdoors. First of all, happy Halloween. Those of you with small children are probably going trick-or-treating. But kids are not the only ones who are in for a treat today. That's because here at Out There, we are doing a giveaway. We have lots of free gear to give out. We've got gut hook trail guides. We have insulated food and beverage containers from ThinkSport. We have natural deodorants from Humble Brands. We have personal hygiene packs from Potty Packs and more. It's super easy to enter the giveaway. Just find us on Instagram at OutTherePodcast. You'll see a post advertising the giveaway. All you need to do is like that post, follow us, and tag three friends. We'll pick winners when we reach 2,500 followers on Instagram. You know, you could enter the giveaway right now. Just pause this episode so you don't miss anything and take 15 seconds to do it. I promise this is a treat, not a trick. Okay, on to business. If you've ever kept a journal, you know how personal that process can be. I, for one, have written things in my journal that I wouldn't dream of sharing with anyone. But there's a guy named Benjamin Drachman who's currently hiking the Pacific Crest Trail, and he's sharing his entire journal with his sister. Not only that, but he's allowing her to make a podcast out of it. As in, she takes his journal, picks out the best parts, and then shares them with the entire internet. Benjamin's journal is a little different than most. Instead of writing things down on paper, he's recording his thoughts as voice memos. So basically, perfect fodder for a podcast. Initially, the podcast was just meant to let friends and family keep up with Benjamin's adventure. But it's turned into more than that. It's honestly one of the best accounts of a thru-hike that I've ever heard. It's funny and painful and real, and it's full of beautiful moments of introspection. The show is called The Attempt. We're going to play you one of their episodes today. And then we'll talk with Benjamin's sister, Julia, who makes the podcast. We'll hear what it's like to document a sibling's life in such an intimate way. And we'll hear how the process has affected Julia. Without further ado, here is episode four of The Attempt. Previously on the attempt. Heart's fast, baby. Yes. And then every eight days or so, you resupply. So you either buy new food or you someone meets up with you near the trail and provides you a box that you sent to them or something like that. So it's raining pretty hard. I am cozy in my tent, which is filled with mostly damp things that I own. I just popped a couple blisters. Um, and, you know, getting to the top of a ridge line, dropping your bag, taking a sec. Like, that little moment right there is just like, holy shit, like, this is perfect. You're listening to the podcast my sister makes. <laughs> it's called The Attempt. I see what you're trying to do. <laughs> Hey, I wanted to make a recording because I remember that in my 
interview with Julia, I mentioned that the point I was looking forward to the most is coming over a ridge after a long climb and dropping the bag and seeing a beautiful view. That is exactly what just happened. Um, the ridge I just came over, uh, it's called Piper Pass. Um, it was a doozy of a climb. And I got to the top, and now I'm heading down the other side of the pass. But from the top of the pass, I could look back and see Glacier Peak off in the distance where I came from, which is pretty cool to really be able to see your progress that tangibly. Um, let's see, what have I eaten today? Okay, I've eaten, started out with a breakfast sandwich at a deli near the motel, had a bag of peanuts, packet of tuna, in a tortilla, some cheese, bag of chips, uh, kid-sized Snickers, packet of chicken, and a tortilla. Uh, so that clip you just heard is from day 16 of the attempt, or on our calendar, July 30th. Today's episode is going to cover a couple weeks from the end of July through early August, from Skykomish Pass down past Mount Rainier to White Pass. And I'm happy to report there are no mentions of blisters in this episode. But once again, there is some explicit language. And actually, it's coming up fast. Okay. Um, It's around 7 p.m. I think it's day 18. Um, Holy fucking shit, I'm tired. I have been averaging 20 miles over the past few days, three, three days, and wow, holy goddamn, that really is not fucking easy. I saw a mouse, so I'm pretty sure my food's going to get nibbled into, but fuck it. I'm literally too tired to go forward. Have a big old dinner and hopefully go to sleep by like 8 o'clock, though. That would require me getting up and cooking, which is a whole thing. Goodness gracious. Okay, gotta go. Gotta make some happen. Otherwise, I'm just gonna lie here forever. I can totally picture this scene. I imagine Benjamin recording this while sitting on a log at his campsite, just staring blankly at his backpack. At this point, he'd been going for almost a week straight without a break, spending a lot of time alone. But that was about to change. In fact, on this very night, 50 miles away, his friend Anand was packing up his own backpack getting ready to join Benjamin for the next stretch. And maybe that's why the next morning, Benjamin seemed to wake up with a bit more pep in his step. All right, things I'm grateful for. Number one, I had a rock in my shoe. It's a tiny little pebble. And I thought it was just a blister forming, so I took my shoe off. The little rock came out. I feel so good walking now. That was awesome. 
Another thing I'm grateful for is the sun. It's super cold this morning. Sun came up, t-shirt and shorts now, and I feel super good. Third thing I'm grateful for is Mount Rainier because it is the most beautiful gosh darn mountain on the planet. Number four I'm grateful for. My poops have gotten a little bit more solid, which is good. Um, things I'm not so proud of. Yesterday, it started to rain as I was packing up. Everything got soaked. Everything was out of my bag. It's a total shit show. Really frustrating. And amid all that, a mosquito landed on my face. So I went to swat it away and gave myself a bloody nose. Um, that and accidentally peeing all over myself another time I saw a mosquito were two lows. Um, in around eight miles, I will get to Snoqualmie Pass where my mom and dad are waiting for me. Allegedly, with some Mizell's fried chicken. So that's something else to look forward to. Yeah, it's a good day. So here we are on I-90, driving from Seattle to Snoqualmie Pass. This is my mom. I asked her to make a recording on her phone since I wasn't able to tag along. In the car, we have Jonathan, Rebecca, Romeo, me, and Benjamin's friend, Anand. Say hi, Anand. Hey, Anand. (laughs) Good one. We're meeting Benjamin at the trailhead at Snoqualmie Pass, and we brought lunch. He wanted us to bring Romeo. Romeo is my parents' 85-pound dog. He wanted us to bring Izels and a salad. We also packed all this fresh fruit and berries, um, so I think he's going to be happy. Their timing couldn't have been much better. Everyone converged on the parking lot at Snoqualmie at exactly the same time. Of course, it never takes long for the conversation to turn to everyone's favorite topic, food. Awesome. What do you think of these elves? Oh, I love this. Oh, we forgot. I'm so sorry. Uh-huh. We totally forgot to go. Oh, your beard. Oh my god. We have tuna packets. After their lunch and a thorough repacking, Benjamin and Anand set off for the next section. And mom, dad, Rebecca, and Romeo got back in the car and left them to it. For four days, Benjamin and Anand hiked through the woods. In this section, they passed Mount Rainier. They also caught up with Antoine, the Belgian guy that Benjamin had started out with at Hearts Pass. And then 100 miles and four days later, it was time for Anand to head back to Seattle. I had agreed to pick him up and take him home, and at the same time, I was going to bring Benjamin a box of supplies for the next leg of his hike. First stop, my parents' house. 20? All told, 24 pounds. 24 pounds pounds of food stuff. All right, let me help you get it in the car. I packed the trunk with everything we thought he might need or want, including things he wouldn't be able to buy in the small trail towns near the PCT. And then I started driving. Uh I'm 
driving to pick up Benjamin right now and it is like the most gorgeous day ever to be driving around Mount Rainier. It was surreal to see him there, just sitting in a parking lot in the middle of nowhere. Since I'd last seen him, he'd walked about 170 miles. They had actually gotten to the motel the night before, so they had a little time to clean up, eat some microwave burritos, watch Top Gun, and do their laundry. So when I saw them, they were much less smelly and feral looking than I had been imagining. Everyone threw their bags in the trunk, and we hit the road toward Packwood, the nearest town where we could get burgers and fries. Wait, Benjamin, you were telling me about your trail name, but I didn't record it. Oh, yeah, Brass. Why is it Brass? Uh, it's Brass because I had a very cute story. I had a dinner where all I had to eat was salmon jerky and dried fruit. So the next day when we were hiking, I just kept on farting on the people behind me, and they started calling me the butt trumpet and then the brass section, and then brass kind of stuck. It's cool. It's like a pretty cool name. It's good. And Antoine has a name too now. What is it? It's uh, Guy Fox. Oh, why? Uh, just because I kind of need to be back in Belgium around the 5th, of November, the 5th or 6th of November. Oh, yeah. What about the thing I've heard a lot of people say, like, the trail provides. Like, what is that? That's very true. I got a... I've been really wanting a little pouch for my backpack strap for a water bottle. And I was about to order one on Amazon today, and then one of the guys staying with us last night is like, Hey, anyone want this? Yeah. Like, yes! Yes, I do! Every, every time we stop, there's something like that happening. Yeah. It's crazy. You can get a lot. And some people take advantage of that. Like, we heard about somebody who didn't have a tent. And whenever, every single night when it was too cold, she would just go and ask someone to borrow their tent, just to sleep in their tent with them. What? Yeah. Is she hot? <laughs> probably hot. Because I got a two-person tent, so she can travel with me. <laughs> <laughs> Are people, like, having sex on the trail? Is this a thing? This I don't know. I don't know. I'll, I I'll tell you in a few months. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine it would be pleasant. Yeah, it's like wet wipes. I think if you wet wiped enough, you'd be alright. Oh my god. Don't open close. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you all smell bad, but you don't smell like horrible. It's oh, not we like showered. We smell your bad stuff still. Bad. Your stuff smells bad. You still can smell it? Yeah, oh my of god. Course. Wow. I mean, it's not going to go away with just like a single shower. Wow, and, like, that's crazy. Yeah. I felt really clean. Well, I mean, your stuff is going to still stay. Yeah. We got our burgers and our fries and our sodas and our beers. And I hadn't hiked at all, but just being around all that hiker energy, I think, made the burgers especially delicious. After lunch, we spent some time repacking Benjamin's bag. And Antoine got his beard trimmed at the beauty parlor and Anand napped in the car. Then I drove them back to White Pass. So, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it was so fun. Good yeah. luck with the trip. Thanks, I want to hear how this, uh, how this story unfolds. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'll have the podcast. One of us is going to kill you.
Anand and I got back in the car and we waved goodbye to Guy Fox and Brass as we started our drive back to Seattle. But as I looked to the south, there was a bit of an ominous sight. These big dark clouds were gathering up over the ski hill. And so that's where I'm going to end this episode. But as we all know, Benjamin is actually still out there as we speak. In fact, he just spent his birthday on Sunday in South Lake Tahoe. For those keeping track, he actually ended up skipping about 400 miles so that he could be sure to avoid snow in the Sierras. And the plan is then to go back and do those 400 miles in the spring. Anyway, I'm sure we're going to hear a lot more about that decision later on in the podcast. But for now, he's feeling good, and he's about halfway through his trip. Anyway, I wanted to end this episode with one of the clips I didn't get a chance to include. This is from Anand and Benjamin's first lunch together on the trail. Just tell the good people where we are. A road. Forest road, of course, because we are in the forest. There's dirt nearby. Now we're enjoying a lunch. Benjamin just opened the hot buffalo style tuna creations chicken flavored. How much curry did you bring for these <laughs> four days? How, what's your curry per day ratio? Your, C, your CPD? Being Indian, I have a natural affinity for curry. I brought five packets of buttery lentils. <laughs> it's probably the most inefficient I have, they're all already pre-watered, so it's basically like carrying five mini rocks in my backpack, but yeah, I'm hopeful. It'll all be worth it when we dig in tonight in our curry couscous. Curry couscous the attempt is produced by me, Julia Drachman, with music from Blue Dot Sessions. We are a production of Bad Cat Media. Thanks for listening. More episodes coming soon. So if you're doing a through hike, one of the things that you usually pay a lot of attention to is how much weight you're carrying. Basically, the lighter your pack, the better. That's why when I go backpacking, I always bring instant coffee. I know it doesn't taste quite the same, but I don't want to have to pack out used coffee filters and deal with the soggy grounds and all that. But what about all the tea drinkers out there? How do you get around having to deal with used tea bags in the backcountry? That's where Kusa Tea comes in. They make instant tea that's actually good. Kusa is one of our sponsors for this episode, and they sent me some samples of their tea to try out. So if you've ever seen those like um, Starbucks via instant coffee things, um, these come in little packets like that. So like little single serve um, packets. And the instructions here are you simply mix it with 12 to 14 ounces of hot water. Oh, and I guess I don't have to wait for it to steep. You know, that's not bad. I gotta say, this is instant tea that actually tastes like tea. 
If you want to try it out, now is a great time because they're offering 25% off your entire first order for listeners of this podcast. Just go to kusatfun out there. That's C-U-S-A-T-E-A dot fun slash out there. Again, that gets you 25% off your first order, and you can even get a free sample pack if you want to try it out before buying. One other special offer we have today comes from BetterHelp. If you're like me, life is sometimes a bit overwhelming. And when that's the case, you might need a little help to pull you out of your rut. Going on a through hike is one way to get back to your happy place. But if you're not in a position to, you know, drop everything and wander around in the woods for months on end, counseling is a good alternative. That's where BetterHelp comes in. They're the other sponsor for this episode, and they offer online counseling to help get you back to your happy place. They have licensed professional counselors who specialize in lots of different areas. Depression, anxiety, relationships, grief. Whatever you're struggling with, they're available to help. And you don't even have to leave your house. You can have phone or video sessions. Plus, you can chat and text with your therapist. For 10% off your first month, go to betterhelp.com slash out there. That's betterhelp.com slash out there. And now let's talk with Julia Drachman, the producer of the story you just heard. As I mentioned earlier, her show is called The Attempt, and it all got started because her brother Benjamin decided to keep an audio journal during his thru-hike of the PCT. I was like, well, I'm not just going to let you make an audio journal. Like, you got to make it a podcast. So we started, like, coming up with this idea of how we could collaborate on something where he would send me updates from the trail, and then I would turn them into a podcast. Do you think you're getting a more a more honest picture of what a through hike is really like through this through these audio clips than you would if you were just I mean because a lot of through hikers keep journals or diaries mm-hmm. like trail journals um but I wonder like do you think you're getting a a truer picture of what it's really like because this is audio I think so and I I actually have he thinks so too. Uh, I was just on the phone with him the other night and I asked him like, how do you think this project's going? And he said, you know, I think this is a much more honest journal than I would have kept uh, if I had been writing a journal. Because I think there's something about, like even when you're too tired to write a a journal entry, you can be, you're able to pull out your phone and record yourself. Like it doesn't take much energy. So even when you're really, really down, you're not like reflecting on that later and saying, oh, last night I was so tired. You're in the moment going, I am so tired. And he swears so much, uh, <laughs> which I don't know if people do in their journals. Maybe they do. Um, but yeah, I think there's an immediacy to just turning on a recorder a recorder, and seeing what comes out of your mouth um, that maybe you can't, maybe some people can do with writing, but I know a lot of people edit themselves as they go. So I'm curious, like you're getting a very close-up picture into like very intimate aspects of your brother's life daily life on the trail I mean you know he he tells you about 
all the things that he's eating and he tells you about when he's popping blisters and you know he tells you when it's raining and he doesn't want to get out of his tent to pee because it's raining like like very personal details that you probably wouldn't be hearing about his normal life at home I mean this I don't think this is what I'm, I'm an only child but I feel like this is not what siblings talk about um. <laughs> yeah especially not when you're when you live far away which we usually do so I have another, I have a sister and a brother, and we all live in different cities. And so most of our communication is like texting a few times a week. And it's like a photo of something we think the other person will like. And we never are telling each other, like, I just pooped in a hole. (laughs) Or, (laughs) or, you know, I'm trying to eat uh, a thousand more calories today so that I can, you know, be less tired tonight. Like we're, yeah, this is much different than the kind of communication we usually have Uh, And I love it. Like it does, it feels like um, it is like a very intimate way to kind of get to know uh, my brother's life out there. And I feel like I know better how he's doing day to day now than I did when he was living in New York and I was living in Seattle. Uh, Even though he's, you know, in a lot of ways farther, like not geographically, but he's harder to get a hold of. He's out in the wilderness. Do you feel like all of this is changing your relationship with him? Totally. I mean, it's it's fun to collaborate on a project. And I think anyone who's ever done that, <laughs> like collaborated on any sort of creative project knows that it just brings you closer. And it's uh, I mean, that part has been really cool. Uh, but then this is such a particular type of collaboration where he's out there living this uh, extreme type of lifestyle. And I'm sort of vicariously processing it and then sharing it with all of our friends and family. And so when people like when our friends and family want to tell him that they're loving the podcast, they come to me or when they want to tell, you know, they sort of conflate our two experiences, um, which has been fun for me because I'm sort of vicariously doing this trail with him, uh, which is definitely bringing us closer together. Has his trip um, or have aspects of his trip changed the way you think about parts of your own life? Yeah. Okay. So, so one of the things about being on the trail that has surprised me is how social it is. Um, And so every person that my brother passes, he becomes friends with and he, you know, they exchange some information about themselves and what they're doing out there. And these are total strangers out in the wilderness. And I think anyone who's done a through hike or really even just sometimes day hikes, this happens. But I think it's especially prevalent in these longer hikes. People sort of connect because it's like, hey, you're this other person out in the wilderness with me. Let's talk. And meanwhile, I'm living in this city in the middle of Seattle, and I just like walk through town with my headphones on and don't make eye contact, you know. And I think listening to my brother being really outgoing, which is just sort of a natural thing for him, but making all these friends out in the middle of nowhere has really pushed me to try to just be a little bit more aware of the people I'm running into and crossing paths with every day. And I've started trying to take my headphones out more and sort of look around more and not just look at my phone when I'm on the bus or other little ways that I can sort of just try to connect a little more with people because I hear how much joy that brings him. And is it is it working? Like, do you feel like you're having richer interactions with people? It is. I I took, uh, well, my boyfriend and I both decided that we needed a little bit of a break from technology. And I don't, I can't prove that this is because of doing the podcast, but I think it, I, you know, 
I'm hearing my brother every day not using technology uh, for the most part. And I think it's kind of entering into my consciousness. And so we decided to uh, try as hard as we could for one week to not use any technology as distraction. So purely for for work purposes or connecting with people purposes. Um, but otherwise, you know, no TV, no just scrolling on social media stuff. And that week felt so different <laughs> than any other week. Like it was longer. Uh, like I remember the days of it better. Like I remember what Tuesday felt like versus Wednesday. Um, there's just this kind of trick that I think you can play on yourself when you buffer your life with technology and you know, I think by definition, solitude and isolation that comes with that, um, that time kind of disappears and runs away on you. And I think I'm having a truer experience of how time passes and what the hours of a day look like when I'm not using that technology. And I think my brother's having the same experience on the trail. Like those every day feels like 24 hours to him. There's no like, oh, where did the day go? He's hiking every hour and he's not looking at his phone. And right. Yeah. Yeah. So that that is, I think, really helping me. So I'm curious, um, you know, he sends you a lot of audio clips and then you're picking a few of them to put on the podcast. Um, so you're sort of you know, and you add in your own observations from time to time um, about things that are that are going on for him. So I'm curious, you know, does it ever feel like you're telling your brother what to think about his own trip while he's doing it? Yeah, it it actually <laughs> scares me sometimes. I'm like, am I putting words in his mouth? Like I'm I'm interpreting his story for him and like that's a dangerous anyone who tells stories for you know a living or as a project knows that that's a dangerous thing to do um i think it really helps that i know him so well um and we've always been close and so i know <laughs> i know i have a pretty good sense on what he's what he's feeling and how he's processing things but you don't really know until you hear back from the person. And in this case, he doesn't hear the podcast until usually the next time he's in cell service after I've released an episode. So I've been I've been really fortunate, I think, <laughs> that I like have not said anything that he disagreed with yet. At least he hasn't told me I have. <laughs> and he <laughs> a couple of times he has told me that I've said things that have really struck him as true in a way that he didn't realize. Like I think sometimes when, you know, you're sitting down with a friend to talk about your experience, they sort of hear it as an outsider and give you feedback and synthesize it in a way that maybe you hadn't yet. And I think that's been happening a lot. So in in one of the episodes, I, I made some comment about how I think he's learning to be gentle with himself and uh, instead of learning how to be tough, which is what he had sort of set out to do. And he told me over the phone that that has been one of the highlights for him of the whole trip was hearing that comment in the podcast and sort of letting that sink into him in a way that it hadn't just in the course of his trip. Wow. So, so I, he yeah. had not realized that about himself until you said it. Or he had said he had said things that were sort of along that line, but he hadn't it hadn't really struck him yet like that's what I'm learning on the trail. I'm learning how to be gentle with myself. Mm. Um, what does he think about the podcast? He it has really grown on him. I think at first I I did an interview with him and I put it out before he left 
and he was very embarrassed by the whole thing and he was like oh <laughs> like, why are you doing this to me uh, even though it was kind of his idea <laughs> kind of sort of i mean his idea was to do the audio journal right and then i was like Let's and then you're like no i want to share your journal with the world <laughs> <clears throat> yeah so that's you know i can see how some people would just be like no please don't do that but he trusted me to do it and he's very supportive of me and he likes the idea that he can be having a journey and I can also be having a journey and we can both be sort of uh, doing our own projects and the trail is sort of this, you know, muse for these projects and we're having our different experiences based on it. Do you think he ever doesn't send you something he recorded? Like, are there clips that are that are that he's not sharing with you? I, I know there are not because they are all numbered. So unless he's deleting them off of his like voice memo app, he's sending me everything. Um, wow, so you really so, are seeing your brother's unedited, like, intimate personal life. <laughs> for sure. I mean, he's there are times I'm sure he's not recording. Um, and so that's the first form of editing, right? Like when you have the recorder on and where it's pointed. Sure. Um, yeah, but beyond that, he is sending me everything he records. And but he's not, like, recording <laughs> something one night and then the next morning being like, oh, no, not sending that one to her. Like, that's not happening. <laughs> no, he's been, he's, been a, uh, he's been a terrific subject. <laughs> Very open. That was Julia Drachman, producer of The Attempt. If you want to hear more episodes of The Attempt, we have a link to the show on our website, outtherepodcast.com, or you can find it on iTunes. One quick reminder before you go, if you haven't yet entered our giveaway, head over to Instagram and give us a follow. You can find us at outtherepodcast. That's it for this episode. Our business development director is Alex Eggerking. Our advertising manager is Jessica Taylor. Laura Johnston heads up our ambassador program. And our theme music was written by Jared Arnold. We'll see you in two weeks. And in the meantime, have a beautiful day. Be bold. Go outside and find your dreams.